Welcome to the Lend Academy podcast, episode number 159. This is your host, Peter Renton, founder of Lend Academy and co-founder of Lend at Fintech. Today's show is sponsored by Lendit Fintech Europe 2018, Europe's leading event for innovation in financial services. It's coming up on the 19th and 20th of November in London at the Business Design Centre. We have recently opened registration as well as speaker applications. You can find out more by going to lendit.com slash Europe. Today on the show, I am delighted to welcome Christophe Riquet. He is the CEO and founder of Iwaka. Now, Iwaka is a really interesting company. They're based in the UK. They operate in three countries in Europe, but they have been around for quite some time and they have a very much an automated technology-centric approach to their business. And we talk about that in some depth, how they do their underwriting. We talk about the types of customers that they are interested in. We talk about the state of small business lending in the UK and much more. It was a fascinating interview. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast, Christoph. Thanks for having me, Peter. Okay, so I'd like to get these things started by giving by giving a little background for the listeners. So tell me how I think you're originally from Germany, right? And so how did you how did you end up in London uh, running a, a small business lending operation? It's been a while that I'm in, in in London. I came here in 2003 to finish my studies. So I'm mm-hmm. here for 15 years now, and uh, was attracted by London as a financial center as the, um, if you want, middle of, of the world. And, um, and so started in, in finance, started in Goldman after university. And then seven years later, I decided I wanted to set up my own business and was really passionate and excited about the opportunity to fix small business lending. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So then, so what was, what was sort of the genesis around that? Like, did you sort of have an aha moment where you thought, well, small business lending is just broken? Or what was, the, what was really the moment when you decided to do that? I was, um, I was keen on, on setting my, up my own company. And so I was researching a lot of themes in, in, in finance. And I've really found um, small business lending the most exciting one. So I felt that solving a real structural macroeconomic problem was um, was a great challenge, and I I like the idea to help small business owner access financing so that they can do what they love, invest in their companies, pay their staff and suppliers on time in in, in case of cash flow gaps, and I also felt that technology could be a real enabler. That was in 2011, where I think you've seen the first years of data being much more available through electronic sources and um, becoming um, a real game changer when it comes to, to scoring small businesses and, um, and solving that problem. And I think these three key points are still the same today. I'm still as excited. And, you know, while we have um, made a lot of progress over the last seven years, I think there's still, um, we're still at the beginning of our journey. Right, right. So why don't you just, just tell listeners about like what you actually do, what sort of, what segment of the market you're in and you know, who, you know, who are the, the typical customers? So we, we are focusing on, the, on really the long tail of um, businesses, the businesses, and I think you would 
probably rather classifies micro and small businesses rather than small and medium-sized businesses. Our customers tend to generate anywhere between 50,000 in annual turnover and uh, 2 million. And um, just looking at the UK, there are about 2 million of, um, of them in that uh, bracket of, of annual revenues. Okay. And back in 2011, uh, it was well documented that um, they didn't have the access to finance that they needed to, to invest and grow their businesses. And um, seven years on, this um, problem has just become worse. So while we have funded nearly 20,000 businesses to date, we also have to uh, recognize that small business lending has dropped by more than 10% in nominal terms. And so the problem just got much bigger um, ever since we started. So we didn't quite succeed yet in, um, in, in fixing the problem and reversing this disturbing trend of um, ever-declining um, credit to small businesses. But we have, we have made progress, and I think um, over the next few years, we'll make a much bigger impact than we have already done. Okay, so then what, what's, what's behind that decline then? Is this, uh, is this just something that, you know, obviously banks are the, are the primary lender to small businesses still today, um, but is it a continual pullback from the banks? I mean, you also have other fintech lenders out there that are, that are making inroads as well. So what is behind the decline? I think behind the decline is just a, a real retrenchment uh, and ongoing retrenchment by banks to lend to this segment. And um, to give you an, uh, a few numbers that uh, we find interesting, the um, outstanding stock of um, credit to small businesses with less than $2 million in annual revenues was about $40 billion when we started, and it is uh, $36 billion today. Hmm. And that's, you know, during the same period, consumer lending as well as lending to large corporations has significantly grown in the region of 50 to, to, to 80%. And then another sort of statistics that, that we find interesting to, to monitor is the number of business overdraft approvals that banks make on a quarterly basis to the segment. When we started the company, there were about 60,000 business overdraft approvals per quarter. That number has um, halved. So you can see that the retrenchment was uh, most visible in the overdraft market. Why banks are not lending to the segment? Probably for a few reasons. One is that the um, cost of serve of um, small businesses is relatively high and, and complex uh, relative to the more attractive consumer, consumer lending uh, businesses that they have. They've been scaling those significantly. It's um, significantly easier, easier to service a consumer than a, than a small business. Mm-hmm. And I think another reason is, is um, related to their risk appetite. Post-financial crisis, their risk appetite has certainly um, been... Been, been reduced and um, small businesses, you know, particularly at the, at the micro end, they uh, exhibit a somewhat higher risk profile that I think gradually they have um, not been that keen to surf anymore. Right, right. Yeah. So then, so tell us a little bit about your the terms on your particular loan product. You know, and like I know you're really not competing with banks directly, but can you just tell us a little bit about sort of the range of interest rates and and length of the loans and what sort of your products offer? So we we offer a a credit line to our customers. Our customers can um, get approved for our credit line after a, um, a relatively short. Uh, five-minute online application and uh, then draw down funding as and when 
they, they see fit through our online portal and funding is then arriving on their on their account in in a fully automated way and um they really like this the speed this um convenience this straightforward process that we offer them which still compares to relatively cumbersome um, processes that um, they would experience when approaching a bank many of them wouldn't have a personal bank manager anymore so they would deal in our segment typically with phone-based systems or not really well-advanced online portals. So we are uh, really refreshing from that perspective that funding is available pretty much instantaneously. And they also have a lot of flexibility once they have the, the, the credit line and repaying us um, at uh, any point that they want uh, without paying any, any additional fees. So our customers can take funds just for a few days, a few weeks, um, a few months and pay um, pay for the time that they have the funds. Mm-hmm. So these are these are the strong points of the product, uh, which enabled us to gain pretty significant um, visibility in the market. Over the last quarter, we have been um, approving nearly 5,000 small businesses for our credit line uh, across our, our markets, uh, which are Germany and uh, Poland, as well as the UK. Mm-hmm. Of which the bulk is um, is in the UK, our our home market. Right. So then, what, what's the typical size of, of the credit line that you're approving these businesses for? Uh, typically, the size is um, between ten and fifteen thousand pounds. We have a relatively large range, so we we provide credit lines that are as small as a thousand pounds, going all the way up to one hundred fifty thousand pounds in the in the in the UK. And so really cater to this large um, breadth of small businesses that um, turn over these in the region of 50,000 pounds per year all the way to a few million. Right. Um, and we, over time, we have um, um, continued to broaden our focus to become um, ever more um, inclusive from that perspective in also servicing the demand from slightly larger, larger customers mm-hmm. uh, that we didn't necessarily were able to do when we just started out because we're so capital constrained that um, you wouldn't be able to make um, these these relatively large loans as we as we do them today. Right, right. And so then, but tell us a little bit about the typical small business that that comes to Iwaka. Is it, you know, like obviously you are, you're, I imagine you're across a broad range of industries, but maybe you could give us some sense of of the kinds of businesses that are applying for you today. If I look at our um, of the population of small businesses that we have been serving with credit, we'd be over-indexing in our service-related industries. Uh, these tend to be um, uh, relatively asset-light by the nature of their business, and therefore they would find it particularly difficult to approach banks for, for funding. Um, but we do serve all of the segments um, of the economy, ranging from uh, manufacturing to agricultural businesses to, to servicing across um, both B2B and, and, and B2C. We, we're very industry agnostic, but from the way we, we, we see the demands, we would have um, a slightly higher concentration in, in service-driven businesses. Right, okay. Okay, so I want to I talk about your underwriting because it's something that, that is, is quite fascinating. And, and I, I, you already mentioned automation here. So does everyone who come to your website today 
well, tell us what what level of automation do they get? Is there does everybody go through an automated process? Is fifty percent the businesses go through that process where no human actually looks at the the application, or, or how automated is it? So the vast majority of um, the customers that are coming to us wouldn't have a human intervention intervention in in underwriting. We have a system where we're phasing in some human. Um, intervention as the exposures that we're underwriting become larger. Sure. And that's this sort of um, increasing um, exposures, we're still incredibly automated. So even when we're writing a, um, um, a credit line of £150,000, that might take only a few hours from application to be approved. Mm-hmm. So there are, I would sort of say there are two levels of automation. Uh, one is to apply a fully automated scorecard which really serves the, the vast majority of um, customers in the in the micro and small businesses world, um, but then also being incredibly fast by automating the processes that you would go through when doing due diligence on a small business to have all of the information um, that you require gathered in an electronic way, that information being analyzed and processed also in an automated way so that a um, human is able to, to process this information uh, really swiftly and see particularly strengths or weaknesses of the businesses as they look at the data. Right. And um, that really enabled us to, um, to cater to the um, white breadth of um, small businesses that come to us. Right, and so, so so what kinds of data are you able to get at? In an, you know, you obviously got to be able to pull in financial information, but what kinds of data are you getting at to help you make this automated decision? The data that um, we're looking at would range from credit data on, on, on the business, on the directors of the company that are having an uh, important position in a small business, as well as transactional data that um, we could infer from, from um, bank transactions, as well as um, a range of um, data that is in the public domain. Um, and that could range from data that is on general registers where, where company performance is uh, registered to um, website data, to, to local data, um, and it's a sort of fairly broad range of data that we take. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then I, I also notice when I when you go to your website, you have your you have your phone number you know, in multiple places on your website, and I I imagine there are some people who who want that human connection. So I'm, I'm curious about. How many people reach out to you during the application process and what percentage interact with you over the phone? So we found that, um, um, that small businesses are really grateful in having direct access to our customer service mm-hmm. and um, therefore have kept the lines open. And uh, it's important to us to serve them as swiftly and, and frankly and competently as, as possible. And if you look at um, our reviews in the, on Trustpilot, uh, we're registering reviews on, on all customers that are coming to us for funding, then you'll see over and over again that they are saying that the service level has really been outstanding. They are mentioning individual names of employees that we have that dealt with them. So the, the personal touch is very important to us and I think has helped us to distinguish ourselves in the market. Okay, so then they someone helps them out over the phone and they, they get to the end of their application. Then how quickly do they get their money? I mean, if they go... Once they've finished, like you said, you make an you make an automated decision. I presume that's very very quickly. But then, how quickly do they get their money? 
So the fastest transaction that I'm aware of was from start to money in the account in three minutes. Three minutes? <laughs> yeah, that was uh, one of our partners. Okay. Um, where we were also able to dispatch funds directly from within their account. And therefore, that obviously significantly increased the time that um, or the, the speed at which money travels and um, has been the fastest to date. I wouldn't right. say that's the uh, median or average. <laughs> right. But uh, when we're saying, when we're saying um, instant, um, um, we can serve um, an increasing amount of customers in an, in an instant way. Right. The um, median amount of you know, how long it takes to get approved is probably about half an hour. And so a large proportion would be instant. But then, you know, there's a, a number of our customers that, um, as I um, mentioned earlier, where we're facing in some manual underwriting that might take a few hours, which is queuing up the, the median. Right. Got it. Okay. Okay. So then I'm curious when, when you talk to your customers, you know, what do they care most about? Because obviously they, when there's, there's lots of different parts to the puzzle here. There's interest rate, there's speed of funding, there's the total cost of the loan, there's, there's monthly payments. What, what is it that they, that they care most about? Our customers, uh, well, mostly they care about the access to funding, which they're looking to have in the, in the as, as painless way as, as possible. So a small business owner is... Um, incredibly busy and has to juggle lots of different challenges. Financing is only one of them. And um, um, we have customers that have a range of different um, uses of our facility. But for those who are looking to make relatively quick investment decisions, waiting for a few weeks is just not an option. And so speed of, um, of um, access to financing is, um, is most important to them. And we have other customers who are using us um, only occasionally to bridge a cash flow gap, um, for them it would be important to use it in the most flexible way. That means just for a few days or a few weeks. So we really across our customer base, we see multiple use cases. But in, in, in general, and I think that's sort of a very easy, easy comparison to make, is um, that it just takes a much shorter period of time to get access to financing from us versus a relatively cumbersome um, process that they would have with their main bank if they do get access to their main bank. And so the opportunity cost of not having the funding is certainly quite um, quite significant. Right, right. Got it. So then, so then what about sort of, you know, what about repeat loans where a business, you know, they, you know, they've, they've basically, they've gone through the process, they've taken out, they've been approved for a line of credit, they've, they've drawn down on it, they've paid it all back, and then they come back again. Is that, is that something that you see with a large percentage of your, of your customer base? Uh, absolutely. A credit line, by definition, is um, much closer to a, a business overdraft. And um, so our customers are using the credit line quite frequently. But again, within our customer base, you would see um, really different uh, patterns of how they're using it. Those who are using them um, to bridge shorter term cash flow gaps, they would use it a couple of times per year, you know, or, or say a couple of times per, per quarter, so you know, a number of times for a short period of time. But then you have other customers that would be using it to finance short term stock which um, they're selling um, through their business and are really using the facility on a more ongoing basis to grow their revenues. Mm-hmm. And so typically, as part of our credit line, our customers would be using us um, relatively rarely only as a, as a one-off, although that also exists right. from business 
they're looking to make a relatively isolated short-term investment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to I want to talk about partnerships here for a second. I know you've got you've got a few different interesting partnerships, and I know you, you were on stage last year at Lendit with George from Tide. So maybe you could give us an update on on that partnership and and others that you have struck recently. The the partnership with Tide was really a massive breakthrough for us. It's certainly the fastest way that a small business is able to access financing through the to their bank account, or in um, tax case, their digital account. And um, as they um, opened this to their, to their businesses in, um, at the end of last year, uh, we've really seen an explosion of, of um, um, people coming to us through Tide, and um, a significant proportion of their, of their membership base has been um, looking to get approved by us. And that really shows the, the strength of a integration that is um, as seamless as the one that we have built with Tide. And through the numbers that have come to us really goes a long way in showing that a, um, an integration that is not just based on a manual handover of customers, um, but rather through a, a completely integrated partnership is very, very powerful. Okay, so maybe maybe we should just step back. How does it work? I mean, because uh, you know, Tide is sort of like a business current account alternative, checking account alternative kind of thing. And and is there just is there like a little button on the app that says I'm interested in taking out a loan? And how, how does it work exactly? So over the course of um, of last year we have opened our own infrastructure to third parties by building our own lending API. Mm-hmm. And so Tite is using our lending API in the same way as our website is using our lending API. And so they, they have access to the full functionality that we are offering to, to our customers. And they could integrate that functionality into their digital account and provide de facto a credit line branded in, in, uh, in primarily um, as a tight product. Although you know, there's um, a mention that the product is processed and, and coming from us as the um, lender of record. Um, but they're really using um, the same processes that we use for our customers. And uh, we have seen that this lending API has become very popular and uh, we're probably now about a dozen companies or so that, um, that are using it. Okay, that, that is interesting. So is that, do you see that as, a, as sort of the, the big growth area for your business as far as these partnerships bringing in, you know, not just, you don't just get one or two, you get big chunks of, uh, of borrowers coming in. Is that, is that sort of a, a bigger focus for you these days than developing, than sort of marketing your own offering? We're active on, on, on both fronts, but our, our, our vision has always been to provide financing where and when small businesses are needed. And um, that's really been um, the tool to get there. If you're fully automated and if you can offer instant financing to small businesses on their on the platforms at which they are transacting, and that might be a digital account or bank account, but it can be as much another operational um, platform where they do business or where they where they buy their their goods. Then that's a really powerful proposition to customers and can really change the way how they think about financing. Yeah. Currently, it's still a very active decision to say, I might need financing, what are my options, shall I go to a bank? And then you go very actively um, in the market to see what your options options are. 
if you're making financing part of their natural day-to-day business, then the use of financing becomes much more frequent and um, will help their business much more than than this relatively um, one-off decision to get a, a business loan. And I think it's quite similar to um, what you've seen in, in consumer finance. Smartphones wouldn't have the same penetration today if it wasn't for the really fluid um, access to credit that right. um, finances prices. But if you're going into a into shop um, to upgrade or buy a mobile phone, you're not feeling that you have um, to go to Barclays to get a loan so that you can pay for the phone, but you're leaving the shop with a sense that you, um, you have a contract that gives you access to amount of data. And so I think um, the ability to integrate ourselves in the broader SME ecosystem, it has an enormous amount of potential to really fill that void um, that banks have left in, in trade finance and um, can be a game changer for our customers. Right, right, for sure. So so can, can you give the listeners a sense of, of the scale you're at today? I mean, like as far as loan volume, how big is your team, that kind of thing? So in terms of uh, volume, we're approving around 5,000 or so business um, per quarter and um, have taken a fairly significant share of um, the number of, of transactions that um, banks would do in business overdraft. So if I just look at the UK, then we would probably do close to 10% of approvals relative to all of the approvals that they're making in business overdraft. And uh, while our customer base is um, typically consisting of smaller businesses uh, relative to theirs, we have taken a visible visible chunk of the market. And in, in terms of team, the team has grown quite, um, quite a bit. We're about 200 now in, in our London offices. We um, have um, scaled and automated our operations. So um, for these 200, I think um, we can service um, a much bigger chunk of um, of SMEs relative to what we do today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we're almost out of time, but I want to get to a couple more things here. Firstly, I want to, let's move over to the to the funding side of your business. Like I know you you're not a you're not a you know a peer to peer lender or a marketplace lender, but who is providing the capital for you to provide this money to small businesses? So from from the starting point, um, we. We were pioneering in a segment of the market where there wasn't much data. And so it took us a, a number of years to really build the track record by doing um, thousands of transactions to, to our customers. And so we were privileged that we could find financing partners in, uh, in both in, in terms of equity as well as debt that were supporting us to lend off our own, own balance sheets. And among our investor base are VCs, as much as banks like uh, Commerce Bank or Intesa, the Italian bank. And so to, as of today, we're, we're still um, primarily run um, our risk on our own, our own balance sheet. And we have uh, grown our debt facilities to about 150 million pounds. And um, pretty much every quarter, we're increasing that size to adjust it for the growth that we've had. We're roughly growing above 100% year and year for a multiple of the last years. And um, going forward, I think um, we'll have some risk um, on our balance sheet, but we'll probably also start adding a, uh, an off-balance sheet element to the business to be able to cater to a wider range of the market and um, provide financing that is um, uh, longer in term and uh, closer to loans that um, 
banks are making to businesses. So I think it's going to be quite exciting for us the next few years to continue to evolve our model and serve the broad small small business base in the in the markets that we're operating in through a range of products, the credit line, but also a longer term business loan. Right. Okay. Interesting. So then, finally, then what's your vision for for Iwaka? Is this? I mean, um, obviously, you're, you're you're in the UK, Germany, and Poland. Is this? You want this to be a a global business in multiple geographies? Are you really going to broaden your product suite in in the UK? I mean, what's the future hold for Iwaka? We're operating in uh, with the UK and Germany in two out of the five largest economies in the world. And um, as well as in Poland, which is one of the fastest uh, growing economies in in Europe. So I think we have in these in these regions a huge amount of scale ahead of us. I do think that we'll be expanding into into more regions, but I think um, our focus is on getting it right in these markets and um, really scale up to a material size relative to the banking sector in each of those. In terms of um, you know where where will we go? I'm really thrilled to see the innovation across the ecosystem. You're seeing um, more and more new entrants in the market that are competing with banks on on the services that they provide, transactional services, whether that's in in just the traditional digital account or well, the traditional bank account, which becomes more and more a digital account, but then related to that payments, um, foreign exchange, um, the way how accounting is introduced um, into the notion of the um, uh, financial partner. And then, you know, on our side, uh, we're, of course, coming from the credit end. I think in the end, these services somehow belong together because they're all highly relevant to a small business. And if you can access these services to one platform, then um, that has a, a massive, massive value add. Right. So I'm quite keen to see how this will develop, this popular topic from unbundling to rebundling. And um, our partnership with Tide really shows um, how powerful these two elements can be together. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there will be a lot happening over the next uh, few years in, in seeing how this continues to converge. Right. I'm sure there will. Anyway, we're going to have to leave it there, Christoph. I, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you very much. Okay. We'll see you. Thanks, Peter. When I hear about the reduced amount of funding to, to small businesses in the UK or really anywhere in the world, it is a little bit disheartening. But I, when I talk to people like Christoph, I am fully encouraged again that this is a temporary phenomenon. We are going to see companies like Iwaka scale to be able to fill that gap. I, I am convinced of it. And it's such an important thing. Small businesses and micro businesses are a driving force for economic growth in, in the economy. And they need capital to grow. They need capital to to expand employment. And uh, and it's companies like like Iwaka and many others, of course, that are leading the charge in this way. Anyway, on that note, I will sign off. I very much appreciate you listening, and I'll catch you next time. Bye. Today's show was sponsored by Lendit Fintech Europe 2018, Europe's leading event for innovation in financial services. It's happening November 19th and 20th at the Business Design Centre in London. Registration is now open as well as speaker applications. Find out more by going to lendit.com slash Europe.